Howdy, everyone, and welcome to our Deconstructor of Fun Deep Dive podcast series. I'm your host, Jen Donahoe, co-host of This Week in Games podcast and a game marketing executive consultant at Jade Inferno Consulting. Our topic today is the growing opportunity for mobile games in India. We'll also have great tips and best practices for marketing. I picked this topic because a few months ago, I covered a story about PUBG being reinstated in India under the new name Battlegrounds Mobile India. Uh, Very good name, guys. After being shut down by the Indian government, we wondered why Crafton was trying so hard and spending so much money to get back into India. We must have been missing something. And yes, we were. Turns out we were. So a few pieces of context here. According to Nico Partners, the India games market is projected to generate almost a billion dollars, 900 million in 2023, and almost half a billion players in the market. That's growth of 21% year on year from 2022 for revenue and 12% for the number of players. Probably the most interesting stat is that 97% of India's gamers play on smartphones. So huge mobile opportunity. So all of these stats are why I reached out to some friends of the pod to dig in. Well, to be honest, they reached out to me all those months ago to tell me I was missing something and tell me I was wrong in the nicest possible way. Actually, they came in with a ton of great stats and data. And I said, hey, would you guys be able to come on a pod and talk a little bit more about that? Because me saying something and Google Play Partnership saying something is something very different. We're going to be talking about number discrepancies in the size of the India opportunity. I just want to be clear, we're not calling out any one data source in particular as we highlight the untapped potential for the India mobile market. Welcome Vinay Charania and Ash Dixit from the Google Play Partnerships team focused on India and SEA. Both of them consult with gaming developers, helping them grow their games on the Google Play platform. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for reaching out and telling me how wrong I was. Uh, Here's a chance for us to, you know, just talk about it and get it all out there. So first, before we get into anything, tell me a little bit more background on on you and how you guys came to focus on the game industry. Vinay, why don't you go first? Yeah. uh, Firstly, thanks. Thank you, Jen, for for having us here. uh, I'm, I'm glad that we are we are here talking about uh, the India opportunity. The conversation we started many months ago, uh, and it's finally led to this. So, uh, just a quick intro about myself. Uh, I think my my career uh, overall has been essentially in two parts. Uh, the first eight years are in a very different industry. I worked in in sales and marketing at at a paints company in India. Uh, worked on a range of projects from. Uh, street art murals to launching the color of the year for India. Uh, that's when uh, I, I decided to take a pivot. I started my career in gaming. It also coincided with me joining Google about five years ago. Uh, so I worked with the ad monetization team or the ad mob team. Uh, I enabled Indian gaming developers to grow their ad revenues on games. Uh, then I joined the Play Games team. Uh, and now I work with Uh, Indian gaming studios, helping them scale their games. Uh, And I also work with uh, some of the top global gaming studios, enabling their success in India. Uh, So yeah, that's that's a quick intro uh, from my end. Uh, Ash, I'll pass it to you. Sounds good. Thanks, Vinay. Um, So yeah, also just want to say thank you so much, Jen, for having us. Uh, You know, we're huge fans of the pod, Uh, not just us, I'd say the whole whole Google Play Partnerships team. So it's quite a thrill to be on. S- similar to Vinay's story, you know, um, I, I kind of came at gaming later on in my career. 
um, and somewhat by accident. Um, you know, I started out as a software engineer and the product manager, a consultant, um, and it was, you know, just sort of good luck that, uh, you know, I came across this opportunity that Google Play was planning to build out a team in APAC. Um, and I got to join there and do some really cool strategy work, um, exploring trends in Japan and Korea and Southeast Asia and also India. Um, and, you know, really kind of fell in love with the industry and um, was able to go from there to, you know, last five years where I've been working with app and game developers, um, helping them understand the region and how to grow here. Um, and yeah, it's, it's like I, I like to say, it's the best, best role of Google. That's so fun. I, I've gotten a chance to work with many, many folks in the Google Play organization. All are just so nice and dedicated to really helping game develop game developers succeed and do really well. So um, for this, and this is actually, I think, why you reached out to me. I, I think originally you said, hey, Jen, I think you're missing something. Thank you for covering India on the podcast, first of all, because you don't often hear that. But um, let's let's tell you a little bit more about why India has been under the radar and uh, why the Western game industry should actually focus on it. So tell me a little more about that. Oh, yeah, so a or yeah, I, I can start off. Yeah, I, I can I can start off on this, Jen. And uh, once again, uh, I, I'm I'm glad that you were covering uh, India in that story on that podcast. I think it was the BGMI return. Uh, that 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 kickstarted this conversation, but essentially uh, the the challenge uh, that I find with representing the India opportunity is a, is a whole lot of misinformation that's out there, right? And that's primarily led by uh, a bunch of external data sources and and industry reports that really underreport not just India but with the broader emerging markets opportunity. Uh, but we've seen this happen extensively, or rather, uh, to the to the highest magnitude with the India market as such. Um, and when you underreport an opportunity or the revenue size of that market by a five to six x margin, I think that's that's really making uh, making an error or, or 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 ensuring that that gaming studios and developers and investors don't look at at a geo in the right manner, right? So I think that's that's the number one issue. The external data sources are terribly terribly inaccurate. Uh, the other part of the challenge, I think, is 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 the way the industry is in India uh, itself. Uh, it's quite top heavy. Uh, we have a bunch of top global studios that make tons of money in India. Uh, now, not everyone sees this success. Uh, we, we'll have a lot of other developers who will maybe have a lot more users, but not necessarily see as much IAP or subscription revenue that uh, that maybe a few others see. Uh, so then they kind of validate the thought process that they are building with these external reports. So this becomes like a loop. Uh, the reports are telling you Indians are not spending on games. Uh, the the dev some of the developers are experiencing it themselves, so then it becomes like a cycle, um, and and like I said, it's top heavy, right? So the top developers are not really going to uh, go and shout it out and and share that uh, hey, you know what, India is a great market, we're making a lot of money. Obviously, they're not going to do that. Um, so I think this kind of becomes like this perfect recipe uh, on on missing out what at least what we internally. Uh, internally think is that it's probably the biggest opportunity in mobile gaming right now and Ash will elaborate more on it later but uh, but yeah th these are some of the factors that 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 kind of caused this uh, opportunity to go missed that was it's it's really interesting because when you first reached out you're like hey Jen it's like five to six x off I'm like oh 
oh, that, that's a big number. And I think people should hear that. And I know you're Google Play and I know you see the numbers and I know you can't tell me all the numbers because, you know, that's how this works. But but thank you for at least sharing that benchmark and getting a, a handle on it. Because all I really have are resources like uh, Nico Partners, uh, the data I talked about earlier. Uh, that's the best that I've seen at getting to know the the market. And many of us, you know, use that kind of market data to assess like, hey, how how's my TAM doing in India? How do we look at this? So can you help me uh, more about, you know, why we should be paying attention and using this kind of data and using other data, you know, what, Ash, what else do you have to elaborate on this? Yeah, no, we'd, we'd love to share more. Um, and, and I think it also just want to kind of call out the elephant in the room, right? Which is there is this perception that emerging markets are, are very small, that it's very early. You know, if Crest was here, and I've heard him say this many times on the pod, like, it's mice nuts. So um, it's not, you know, it, it used to be, uh, but I think these markets have grown a lot. COVID has really changed the landscape as well. Um, and, you know, as Nico Partners is saying, like, it's already on the verge of being a billion dollar industry um, today, which, which is great. So then let's talk about, you know, the future that India is one of the few places where smartphone adoption is still under 50%. It's going to 2x in, in the next five to 10 years. Um, and similarly on the ARPU side, you know, you see the a emerging middle class that is getting demonstrably richer year after year. Um, so ARPUs are really low today. They're only going to go up. They're going to go up several times. Um, so, you know, I think we feel very strongly that this is, you know, going to go on a limb and say, you know, this is the biggest opportunity in mobile gaming today. Um, and, I, and I think as a game developer, if you're not already focused on India, then, you know, you're a little bit behind the curve. Yeah, and, and, and just to add to what Ash is saying, right, I think uh, apart from the data that we see internally, uh, and, and when we compare this with some of the external reports, I, I'm not saying all the external reports out there get it like massively wrong, right? We've seen some of the popular ones get it, get it wrong. Uh, We've seen a few reports come in, some from India, some uh, from uh, from outside that that are getting closer to the actual number over there. So I think that's that's a good good sign that we're seeing. And the other part is on 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 what let's say folks on the outside don't see is the real data that we see at Google, right? Uh, and I'm going to again, we, unfortunately, we can't share numbers, but I'm going to try and share across some range, some some indicators as to how fast India is growing and how large it is in terms of, again, IAP spends. You're not talking about downloads. You're not talking about users. I think that bit everyone is aware of. Uh, so I think number one, if, if I if I analyze the last three years CAGR growth on IAP spends, uh, India would be among the top three fastest growing markets for Google, right? Uh, and, and this, again, I'm referring to games uh, and IAP spends on games. And it will fall and have the same kind of ranking, say top three, when you look at uh, average monthly buyers or average new paying users, right? So like these are just some of the numbers that I'm sharing across. Uh, you obviously, if you look at uh, uh, look at some of the larger markets out there, the growth would be slower because their volumes are higher. But it's not that uh, the, the volume of India or some of the emerging markets is really small, right? Uh, and specifically for India, like 2021 was that inflection point where users kind of started making that shift from just spending time on games to spending money on games. Uh, and that's when we saw 
India also break into the top 10 markets for play globally, again by volume, right? By volume of spends. Uh, so that's that's the kind of uh, that's the kind of data that we actually see. Uh, and there's also a broader story out there, right? It's 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 not just in gaming. Uh, the India growth story actually goes beyond gaming right now, and and there are various metrics out there, various various data points that are out there. Uh, India is the fifth largest economy in the world; it's soon to become the fourth largest. Uh, there's this demographic advantage that India has more than 300 to 400 million folks in in the middle class segment, uh, and and there are various ways to define the middle class. But let let me just put it like very simply: like this would be this would be a set of people who would be economically well off to then start discretionary spends right and i think that's the uh, that's that those those kind of spends in gaming could then begin and hence essentially that's the market that you can tap into there's also large youth population again in the 300 to 400 million range is where you have uh, the 18 to 24 and 18 to 30 age group population um, so it it kind of all ties in well they we're seeing massive growth in other industries uh, in the past three years, uh, close to 200 billion of foreign funds uh, have have flown into India. Uh, have uh, in the past three years, close to 200 billion USD of foreign funds have have been uh, uh, have have come into India, and we've also seen India rise in terms of startups and unicorns. Uh, you are number three in the world in terms of the number of unicorns out there uh, after US and China. So there is an overall growth story that's happening. It'll be kind of absurd to think that gaming as an industry would be outside of this growth story, right? There, there are a lot of factors that help gaming as well, but there is growth that's happening beyond gaming as well. And then that's that's what's driving the overall India user story. Wow. So uh, there was a data dump there. Um, and I don't even know if I can summarize all of it. But, um, you know, I heard things like, and I've seen this before, India obviously leads in downloads because of the size of the population. But I think you said the third fastest growing revenue country in the world. Did I get that right? I mean, that's, that's super impre- impressive. Like I know fastest growing, obviously, for, you know, sometimes from a smaller base, but those are really powerful numbers. And you're starting to break some stereotypes that maybe I've had in my head and maybe Western game developers have had in our heads. So can you unpack a little bit for me? One of the things I've heard is that credit cards aren't a thing in India. Uh, so it's, you know, how do we, you know, re- generate revenue from countries that don't allow you to put your credit cards in? So what's what's going on in that situation? Yeah, great, great question. And, you know, one one we get a lot, um, and you're right, credit cards aren't, aren't a thing. Um, but, and this may be, this may take a little bit of soapboxing for me to explain, so bear with me. I'll, I'll try to try to simplify as I go. But, um, you know, I think often, and you're right, there's a lot of stereotypes about India, a lot of which is based on people looking at averages, right? They'll look at GDP per capita and they'll say, oh, that's so low. You know, clearly this is a really poor country. Um, in fact, I think I think we've heard that said on Deconstructor Fund uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and you know what I what I'd say to that is, you know, beware of averages. Averages are great when you know your sample is homogenous. Everyone's kind of the same. It, you know, it works. But India is not homogenous. It's 1.4 billion people. You've got all extremes, and it's really messy and complicated. And so you know, I think the average 
really doesn't show you show you a whole lot um, that is useful. Um, you know, if if you let me insert a, a, a slightly inappropriate joke, uh, but like my business school professor used to say, you know, in our classroom, on average, everyone has one ovary and one testicle. Um, just just to illustrate that, like you know, averages aren't always as useful as you think. Um, so the the way that a lot of people um, look at India that I think is more useful um, is in terms of like three segments, and, and it's a really big country, so even three segments doesn't do it justice. But we call these India one, two, and three. Um, India one is sort of the people that were online in India for a long time, like before 2016, before 2017, when it was still expensive to do so. This is maybe 150, 200 million people. They are, you know, quite westernized, like they speak and read English very fluently. Uh, many of the Indians you'll, you'll in interact with overseas, they're coming from India one. Um, and, you know, whatever credit cards exist in the market, they're, they're in the India one segment, right? Um, India 2 is really the, the next 250, 300 million people that came online starting 2017. In, in 2017, like the cost of data basically went to zero. Um, and that, you know, led to this like crazy step change in smartphone adoption, internet adoption, you know, gaming, everything. Um, and these, this is a much more complicated segment. You know, they don't just come from the big cities, they come from everywhere. There's a mix of incomes, there's people that are, you know, middle class, people that are sort of not quite middle class yet. Um, but what makes this group very different from, and, and these group, this, this segment doesn't have credit cards at all. But this is what's really driven the, the sort of growth in gaming we've seen the last five years. Um, these people love to play games and they're, you know, somewhat okay to spend money in games. Unlike India 1, that actually probably doesn't. Um, and the way India 2 spends money on games is typically UPI, which is the, the unified payment interface. This is the sort of the rails that underlie, you know, financial transactions in India. Um, it is at an at a enormous scale, um, also thanks largely to, to this segment. Um, and then just the last bit on this is India 3, right? There is another 700 million people in India that are not in India 1 and 2, which are still offline. Um, and we're waiting, you know, What's going to be the next step change that brings those folks online? It'll happen in the next five to 10 years. Um, and we'll see, you know, what, what segment they look more like. Probably more like India too, which is really exciting because that's the group that's playing games and spending on games. This is the first time I've really heard it broken out like this. And as a, a marketer thinking about player segmentation and market segmentation and really understanding the demographics, is there... Any age profiles or any uh, game genre profiles that go across India 1, 2, and 3? Is it all games or is it something specific? So I think you'll, you'll definitely see with India 2, there is a um, much more social uh, PvP type games are, are super popular in this genre. So your Battle Royale games, your... Um, you know, sports, you know, multiplayer games, um, those all work fantastically well. That's somewhat working with India 1 as well. They're just not as open to paying for it. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, and I, I think everything else, and, and this is what makes it slightly challenging, is um, it's sort of hard to separate India 1 and 2. This episode is brought to you by Data AI. Yes, they were called App Annie back in the day, but let's not talk about that. Let's talk about how Data AI is the first company to combine consumer and market data with the power of artificial intelligence. And Data AI does this to unlock unique consumer and market insight to accelerate competitive advantages across all digital channels worldwide. What we here at Deconstructor Fund really like is Data AI's Game IQ tool. It's this fantastic market and competitive intelligence tool for mobile gaming that allows publishers to really get to the feature level of a game without doing the full-on deconstructing first. Using this tool, your team can quickly tie features to performance KPIs, which will help you make difficult roadmap decisions. It's also a great tool to identify hidden growth opportunities as you can analyze games on a scale. As you well know, there are hundreds of thousands of gaming apps in the App Store and thousands of new mobile games released each month. And while we don't want you to stop reading and listening to Deconstructor Fun, the fact is we can't cover it all. With Data AI, and especially their Game IQ tool, you'll be able to efficiently determine what features provide a lift, make roadmap decisions based on accurately modeled expected outcomes, discover how competitors lifted performance through feature releases, benchmark performance against your competitors, focus with confidence on the highest potential genre for a new game release. We here at Deconstructor Fun are huge fans of Data AI, so what are you waiting for? Go to Data AI and try the service for free. So you mentioned UPI. Um, I think I learned about it from you all when we first talked. I, I think people would really benefit from digging into that. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about UPI? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, I I can take that one. And uh, essentially, Jen, this is, this has been the proper game changer, right? This is that once in a generation change that happens uh, for for a country. Uh, so essentially, in 2016, uh, Unified Payments Interface, or UPI, uh, a platform for peer-to-peer or peer-to-merchant transactions was launched by the government. Uh, the key part was that there was zero platform fees. Uh, now, it has taken a few years uh, and a massive push from uh, global as well as Indian corporations uh, that have been invested in this space. But now, essentially, UB, UPI is ubiquitous with, with, with payments in India, right? Uh, and the government releases data on the number of transactions and the transaction volumes, that, and, and some of them are absolutely mind-boggling, right? In, in August, for instance, this year, uh, there were more than 10 billion UPI transactions in India, 10 billion, uh, with a value greater than uh, 185 billion USD, right? Now, in a country with with low credit card penetrations, uh, UPI has essentially proven to be the default mode for cashless transactions, right? Uh, Including payment for games and payment for in-app purchases within games. UPI is also a very popular form of payment on, on Google Play. Uh, and I'm sure it will be for for other uh, other platforms as well. Uh, so essentially, this is something that's 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 removed a massive barrier that existed between digital payments uh, in for India users. Um, and I've I've seen game developers utilize this in 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 very interesting ways as well. Um, they'll have prompts in their game for for users to link their UPI ID just to the to the console, not even to the game, right? Just on the on on play, if you link your UPI ID, because they know that once the user has linked it, the the probability of them making that payment uh, within the game or within the app is much higher. Um, so yeah, this this one's been uh, the one such generation change um, that's that that's happened for India. So tell me more about that. What, what do you mean by a developer asks the player to link their UPI account? What does that feel like in the game? Yeah, so uh, 
I'll I'll give you an example of what I saw in uh, in in a, in a game, and and this is something that uh, that it was a it was a cards cards and casino game, mm. uh, and on the store within the game on the store button, once you click on the store button, uh, it what pops up is all the different currencies and gems, uh, diamonds, etc. that you can buy, uh, but there's also a small tab uh, which says link your UPI ID, uh, and all that does is essentially uh, gives a demo to the user or to the player of how to link their UPI ID on the Play Store. Uh, this has nothing to do with the game mm. uh, it, because the, the developer could actually end or the user could then end up making a payment in some other app as well, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be within the same game. But what the developer is doing is they're just making sure that users are aware that UPI as a form of payment is available on the store. They could link their IDs. And once they do manage to link their IDs, then future payments would be even more frictionless for them because they've already taken half the steps. Uh, it's it's similar to adding your credit card details on, on, a, on a payment uh, platform, right? It's exactly the same. Got it, got it. So it's not necessarily game specific. It's actually for the platform. And because so many people are new coming into using UPI, you really want to help them understand, hey, you can, look, you can actually spend in our game and here's how you hook it up. Uh, I, I totally get it. So... One of the things that we talked about on the podcast and we were, you know, after we talked and we were kind of saying, hey, why is like Joseph Kim building a, a shooter in India? Why are all these people, why is Battleground Mobiles India fighting so hard to, re, to relaunch? And we were thinking maybe it was web-based uh, payments or uh, payment platforms outside of the app. So, but from what I hear you saying, it's really UPI and UPI has dramatically changed the ARP the ARPU, the numbers that you were talking about. So it, we should be calling up whoever created UPI and thanking them. Is that what's going on? Uh, the NPCI folks or the National Payments Commission of India, I think they are being thanked by a various host of industries, <laughs> not just. So yeah, those are the real champs. In okay, so the game industry needs to throw them a party and send them some uh, some cookies and flowers. Got it. Okay, so let me ask about another maybe stereotype of India, but another big thing that I hear is real R uh, RMG, real money gaming. And so um, I know there was a recent government tax up to 28% that happened in July. I think it goes into effect. It went into effect uh, October 1st. Um, you know, while I, I, I think we're all more focused on the free-to-play world, this really just brings up you know, uh, you know, RMG and what's going on. Can you explain RMG and and the the government tax just so we have some context of what's going on there? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I I can again start on that, and and maybe Ash will you want to add in. Uh, so essentially, in India, uh, and and this has happened again over the last uh, last few years, we've had uh, the free to play gaming industry also growing really well, but. Uh, the RMG industry or the real money gaming industry has actually been at the forefront of a lot of investments and growth, right? We've had unicorns that have come out of that industry and uh, it's, it's something that's really picked up really well uh, it, for a variety of reasons. Uh, it's it's closely associated with cricket, which is a really popular sport in India. It's, it's, uh, it's something that unifies uh, all Indians. Uh, the, it's, it's also something that, uh, again, uh, Ash spoke about the various Indias that exist within India, right? And I think for some sections, the opportunity to earn uh, some money while playing a game would really appeal so much more, right? And and which is why, again, that will drive the popularity of, of, of some of these RMG games. Uh, neither of us are experts on the space, uh, but I think what 
what we've seen over the last few years has has been tremendous growth in that and it's also helped indians become more familiar or more used to paying within within apps or paying digitally right apart from uh, upi making it simpler for users uh, the taxation or the or the or the news that you would have read recently on on what's happening on the rmg fund is essentially the government levying a a, a tax on certain components of of the business uh, but they've made it very clear that this applies only to real money gaming businesses or uh, businesses that have a cash based outcome right uh, and and hence the entire free to play model or uh, the gaming industry is is kind of outside of this purview uh, and this taxation only applies to uh, to real money games which itself is is a is a fluid space right now so the government is also talking with various industry bodies and there are lots of conversations that are happening out there uh, so we don't know the final uh, outcome of this as yet uh, again neither of us are experts on this uh, but we can safely say that it's not something that's impacting the 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 free to play business or the or the non real money gaming business out there. That's fair, and and I get that you guys aren't the experts, but I think that's great context into what's going on. So some of the questions that I get when, uh, you know, in fact, I I spoke to Cress before this, so this is a Cress question, a Cress special. So his point was. You know, hey, as you as you think about all of these changes going on, the tax that kind of came out of nowhere, um, I, I think people might also know that uh, a lot of the Chinese apps were banned. TikTok is actually banned in in India because of the ties the ties to China and how Battlegrounds India relaunched was, I think, separating some of those ties. If I understand that correctly, so what what do Western game developers have in their pocket to know that, hey, if I do decide to invest in India, you know, the government might, you know, won't make some sort of change that will dramatically change everything. And and just to be fair, by the way, Unity in the in the West just changed and added the runtime fee to all developers. So it, it's not like the rest of the world isn't free of changes happening to, in the industry out of the blue. But in this particular case, you know, you've got this tax, you've got you know the the banning of of Chinese uh, of Chinese apps. So, can you give me a little bit more context about you know what's going on on a macro scale? Yeah, sure. I, I can try to try to answer that. I think it's a tough question to answer, but it, it is really important. Um, and and let me sort of give kind of say say two things. I think the the first one is um, I don't think that A and I can sort of speculate why the government's doing what it's doing. I, I think if we tried to, we'd, we'd fail miserably. Um, so, so we're not going to do too much of that. Um, but I think it's it's worth pointing out that um, the step change India has seen in terms of gaming um, has been a lot. You know, you go from hardly anyone knowing games, playing games, to you know hundreds of millions of people playing games daily. Um, in the space of like a couple of years, that is a huge shock to the system for society, for governments. Um, and I think all of these groups are still trying to figure out how they feel about it and what they want, you know, where they want this to evolve to in the future. Um, so, yes, you're right. I think we have seen a couple of knee jerk reactions. Um, and I, 
you know, speculating a bit, I'm not sure that phase is over, right? Because it is, um, society is still coming to terms with gaming in India. The government is still coming to terms with gaming in India. Um, what complicates this massively is there's obviously geopolitical tension between India and China. Um, and so there is, um, again, I think what is the bigger concern for the government um, and for society is user privacy, right? They want to make sure that um, users, if users are being tracked, where's that information sitting? Is that information, you know, leaving the border? Is it going to a, um, you know, a country that's geopolitically uh, contentious? Um, all of that makes folks nervous. Um, but that said, I would say, look, the, the list of games that have been banned is public. You can, you can Google it. The, the government publishes all the names. Um, have a look at those names. I, I think you can draw your own conclusions as to, you know, what's the origin of the games that are being banned? Who's perhaps more at risk? Who's less at risk? Um, but I definitely don't want folks to think, oh, yeah, it's going to be smooth sailing. No, fair enough. Um, and, and thank you for uh, your shameless speculation. I appreciate that. I think, you know, most people are trying to get any information and you're super close to it to get, you know, your finger on the pulse of how things are changing and, and what it feels like. So let's go to some fun things because I know you guys can give us some great tips. Um, what should mobile game developers do to succeed in India? We'll give you that kind of really super broad question. Uh, Ash, you want to go on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, super broad, but great question. Um, and, you know, I think that the joke we often say is like, you know, in, in the West, you'd probably say, you know, don't play, don't play golf with a baseball bat. Uh, in, in India, we say, you know, don't, don't play cricket with a baseball bat. Um, and, and what that means is, look, you've got to, you've got to think differently about India. You've got to think about localization and culturalization. Um, and that's, that's, again, still a very broad topic. I'll, I'll try to highlight a few things that I think we've seen as being super important. Um, and the first is really like the social aspect of games. Um, almost all of the most popular games in India, um, the vast, vast majority, are multiplayer, you know, real-time multiplayer competitive games. Um, there is something about the idea of playing with your friends um, often in the same room, but, but, you know, playing through a screen that is really appealing, um, to, to Indians and, and it's, it's sort of cross-generational. It's not just like, you know, a bunch of like university kids that, you know, want to play free fire together. Um, you see families playing Ludo together. You see, uh, all kinds of different use cases, but like the sense of like, Hey, let's game together is huge. Um, so if your game doesn't have that element, it's going to be uphill for sure. If your game does have that element, great news. You should definitely think about India um, and, and sort of work, work on growing that market. Um, the, the second point I would make is around monetization, right? It's, again, the, the sort of like typical whale-centric monetization approach that, you know, I think has worked really well in markets like in tier one markets um, where you don't need to monetize a huge segment of the population, but, but each of them will spend, you know, 20, 50, hundred dollars per month. Um, that, that doesn't work in India. 
um, you know, you you have to go kind of the opposite way and look to look to monetize the bottom of the pyramid. You can you can get a huge number of payers. Um, they'll each spend a buck, two bucks, four or five bucks. You know, probably at the, at the most. Um, but when when you add the numbers up, they're they're still they're still pretty big and meaningful. Um, but the way to do that is, you know, you've got to you've got to think about localizing pricing. Um, you've got to think about you know potentially sub dollar pricing even. Um, otherwise, you're you're just never going to be able to to get the numbers you need in terms of buyers. Yeah. So if I understand correctly, you all just introduced sub dollar um, price points not too long ago, right? Or am I maybe I'm thinking about uh, the 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 other app store out there finally went below ninety nine cents, but. Uh, how low can you go in terms of price points for um, on the Google Play Store? Um, yeah, great question. And I think we have a help center article because it's different by market. Okay. I think in India, it's it's the equivalent of 10 rupees. Correct me if I'm wrong, Vinay, which is like 16 cents. You wow. can go really, really low. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, you can, you can, I believe, now do that everywhere in the world. Initially, we we'd restricted the number of countries. Now it's everywhere in the world. But you know, in some countries it may be twenty cents, some countries maybe ten cents. This is we we try to we try to look at the local currency and find a, a sort of like a good price point. That that makes sense. I, I think the challenge. Um, so a quick story for me when I was on WWE Champions at Scopely, uh, we wrestling is actually fairly large in India, and we were mm-hmm. taking advantage of an event that was going on in India, and we were. Um, we were only at the time able to go to 99 cents because this is like 2018. So this is a little while ago. Um, but the challenge that we had is just our economy wasn't built to that. Like we didn't have anything to sell for that cheap because we hadn't ever done that. Do you have advice to game makers on on how to like what kinds of items to sell at that low a price point that you can kind of build into the economy? Yeah, and and look, I think that's a, a great question, great point. Um, I also think it is often hard to do after the fact if your economy has been established a certain way. Uh, users have an expectation that, like, hey, the cheapest thing in this economy is going to be nine nine cents. It is often hard to uh, go below that. Um, I, I think one hack we've seen some developers use is you know where they'll um, Basically, just break down their their hard currency into into smaller and smaller chunks. So before mm. you could buy a hundred gems, now you can buy ten gems. Um, and even if even if ten gems itself is by itself meaningless, like there's nothing you can buy in the game for ten gems. But maybe there's a user out there who already has ninety gems left over, and they mm. just want to top up ten so that they can they can transact in in the economy. Um, that's the way to do it. And then I think the other point, and Vinay can definitely speak much more to this, is um, you know trying to to find the right moments to drop the price point. You know, seasonal moments like Diwali. You, you know, you'll see a lot of the games that do well will actually have very very low price points just for like a week or two mm. weeks. Um, so they're they're you know it's they're sort of like flexing the economy around that period. Um, and, and, you know, you can bend it in that way temporarily. Um, 
and and then you know the rest of the time maybe it'll snap back to normal and they won't have anything at at that super low low low, low price yeah. point. That that makes sense. Um, I've seen that you know, we would run sales across many different countries at significant points of time um, to make sure to capitalize on the gifting, right? The 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 culture of gifting, no matter what country you're in. So the other thing that we did specifically in India, we actually did this in Saudi Arabia too. And there was a crazy WWE event in Saudi Arabia was to offer to hit that lower price point was to hit a. Um, a special item or an exclusive product. So Vinay, are there, is that another strategy to look at, you know, introducing exclusive products so that you have something kind of crazy that's can match that price point? Before I actually get into that, Jen, I was chatting with the Scopely folks a few weeks ago. Uh, I was talking to them about sub-dollar pricing and they told me exactly the same story that you said. Uh, exactly about WWE champions and not being able to price it below point. But anyway, so, uh, oh, that apart. Well, I'm it's glad to know that my all of my time still... Um, I, I actually, joke, joking aside, the, the, the current marketing guy on WWE champions reached out when I started on the podcast and he's like, we still talk about you all the time. And I'm like, oh, I hope in a good way. Because I, I, I have to say, I loved working on that game. I loved working with WWE. It's surprisingly global. We launched WWE in Japan and Korea, where we did out of home and subway things. And I know I'm skipping ahead to tips we're going to get to for you. But um, I, I think some of these games really allow you to do something fun and exciting, especially if you're a Western developer. You get to do such crazy marketing stuff and game stuff. So sorry, I geeked out on you. So thank you for that story. <laughs> that makes me feel important. <laughs> no, it, 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 yeah, I think it's it's all our hopes, no, that that people remember all our good things whenever we leave a particular workplace. But anyways, coming back uh, to the question that you asked, right, and and what Ash was also talking about in terms of. Uh, localizing content, uh, having exclusive items. Uh, I think what we've seen uh, really success, really uh, like what we've seen top game developers really do well in India is that uh, they look at the annual calendar, they then break it down into different moments. There's a Holi in the first quarter, there'll be a, uh, uh, there's a Diwali in the last one in between, there's a cricket season, there's also Independence Day. There are these various moments that are relevant for Indian users. They'll pick those and then they'll customize uh, they are they are promotional content, they are live ops according to those events, and also then price it at sub dollar, right? And a lot of times they would create exclusive content. Uh, so we get this question a lot when when you recommend a sub dollar pricing for a particular game. The first question that will typically come is, hey, what will users in another geo uh, consider this? Like it will create a conflict for me. And that's absolutely right, and we don't want that uh, to happen for gaming developers. But if you're creating something that's more exclusive, more relevant only for users in a particular geo, then you're kind of removing that barrier and then creating items that 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 appeal to a certain set of users. And then you, you have the flexibility at pricing it at sub-dollar, right? Uh, and this happens across industries. I, 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 we talk about sub-dollar pricing in gaming, but sub-dollar pricing happens all the time in the offline world as well in India. Uh, I went to an IKEA store over the weekend and... Uh, they have sub-dollar priced food items. Uh, in fact, uh, and, and this is it's a, it's a very uncanny thing. I don't think it's related. But uh, in India, the most popular price point for transactions within games uh, is uh, 29 rupees or 30 rupees. It's equivalent to around 35 cents. Uh, it, it just is the most popular price point by volume. Uh, a lot of gaming uh, developers utilize it. And at IKEA also, they use exactly the same hmm. price point for some of their starting food items. It, it happens and 
obviously when you're when you're analyzing something you kind of observe that a lot more in other industries but uh, a bag of uh, like a, a pack of chips also costs 30 rupees uh, so it's it, it's something that's 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 uh, indians would be used to purchasing and hence i think when when you translate it online also it becomes easier but i'll give you a couple of more examples of of games uh, that have done this right we have a us based gaming developer we're talking to them about uh, about scaling in india and 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 they haven't done sub dollar before they haven't done local content before they picked up holy as a moment uh, they created a, a virtual accessory uh, if it's a non consumable item uh, even better right then it doesn't impact the economy and that's what they picked up uh, they created that for indian users they priced it at sub dollars during that uh, during that time of of the festival of holy which is around march they saw a, a 2x increase in their monthly buyers a 4x increase in their npus uh, month over month uh and their revenue trajectory has been growing since because they've identified they've realized that look if we do this there is an uptick that happens in the india market and they continue to do that right uh and we've seen like a bunch of developers do this uh, mini clip does this so brilliantly across their games uh there's a cricket world cup that's happening right now in india they've they've designed uh their one of their promotional contents around around their top games around it and and used a bunch of sub dollar priced uh, items also around this right so a uh, lot of developers are doing this well uh, and creating exclusive localized content at local price localized pricing sub dollar pricing is is essentially the key to to doing well on this. Interesting. So, uh the 99 cent store phenomenon in the US is the 35 rupee store is that is that the equivalent okay just just kidding um yeah, 30 30 rupees 30, 30 okay 30 the 30 rupee store uh, i'm going to have to set up you guys with phil to do like an economy podcast cuz i can imagine his head exploding right now with balancing the economy and what products do you offer but i love that there's a lot of success cases to look at uh for games that are looking to do sub dollar pricing that seems really great Are there any other challenges or risks that we should talk about and maybe ways that you've mitigated those? Yeah, I think there are uh there are many challenges uh, that 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 exist for for developers in India, right? And and Ash said it earlier as well. It's 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 not something that uh it's it's not easy to crack the India market. There are, there are various things that you'll have to look into uh I think number one would be that you'll have to accept that the ARPUs will be lower than some of the developed markets. I think that's that's absolutely clear. It's going to take some time for the ARPUs to rise, uh, and which also then makes it uh, the second point, right? Which is that scale will be important. Uh, if you're going to look at buyer percentage and uh, lower ARPUs as as the as the metrics for your success and hence total revenue, uh, then you'll have to look at maybe MAUs upwards of 10 million. I think. 2 to 5 million maus for you will will really not help it will not help you get uh, the 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 revenue that you would be looking for uh, the, the flip side of course is that the cost of ua is also lower mm. so uh, it, it makes it uh, it balances it out uh, and the third piece also would be resources that you'll require right for customization for localization for developing exclusive content uh, I'm sure a lot of developers would think that look if I invest X in a particular market for creating the local content, the revenue will be significantly higher because the ARPUs are higher, etc. Uh, but there is there is an uh, there is still a case over here for 
creating content and getting a lot more users into the pie uh, who will be paying. And once you've got them to pay once, you'll obviously be more successful at making them pay a second or third time at a later stage. Right? Um, so I think these are some of the challenges. And uh, Ash, you want to add any that, that maybe I've missed out on? Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, so, some of these are challenges. Some of the, they're just like unique aspects of the India market. But, you know, questions that we get a lot. And, and one is uh, around IP awareness. Um, so, you know, as, as we're kind of talking about, a lot of the Indian smartphone users are relatively new to the, to the web, um, to online content. Um, and as a result, they don't know IP that, you know, is very well known in other parts of the world. Um, you take something like Dragon Ball Z, which has a, you know, is a pretty big global footprint. Um, you will struggle to find people in India that, that know it. Um, and, and this is true of, you know, IP from the 80s, 90s, 2000s. Like, um, to, to contrast that with something like Avengers, Avengers is incredibly well known. Um, I think it's a, the, you know, one, one of the recent Avengers movies was like the highest grossing movie in India of all time. And India's, you know, got its own movie industry that's pretty good. Uh, so to be able to, to you know, um, outgross that, that, that really shows that, new global IPs are, are well-known and loved. Um, but don't assume yours is. <laughs> you got you to do a bit of research. Um, I think the second point I wanted to make, which we often get questions around, is language. Um, do I need to localize? And oh, oh my god, there's so many languages. You know, uh, How can I localize into eight languages or 10 languages? Um, which is really what you need to, to reach all of India. Um, and I think what we, what we typically tell developers is like, don't, don't, don't try and go down that road and localize, you know, into eight or 10 languages. The ROI is not there, to be honest. Um, we do think localizing for Hindi, which is sort of the first among equals, like the one with the most uh, reach is worthwhile doing, um, but probably stop there. Like, I think if you've got English and you've got Hindi, you're reaching a pretty big chunk of the population the second thing is really try to take language out of your game entirely. Um, like there's a ton of games out there that you don't need to read a lot of text to play. And, and those also work better. Um, if your game is really story driven and the user has to read a lot, that, that will be a challenge in any language uh, in India. So yeah, I think, I think those, are, those are two of the other things that we, we often get questions around. The games industry is experiencing unprecedented growth, with global revenues projected to reach a staggering $268 billion by 2025. But with more players than ever connecting across platforms and devices, how can your game stand out against the competition? AppsFlyer has created AppsFlyer for Games to help you unlock your player's true LTV by providing a wealth of game measurement solutions, unique industry insights, and proven best practices. Our dedicated hub is packed with innovative products, industry partnerships, and unrivaled expertise to ensure your game 
game brand adapts and thrives. We understand that every game is unique and AppsFlyer's data-driven insights allow us to cater to your specific needs. We know that in today's evolving landscape, staying ahead of the curve is crucial. Trust in AppsFlyer for games to guide you through this exciting journey. We have the tools, the knowledge, and the passion to help you succeed in this ever-expanding landscape. Together, we'll conquer new worlds, both real and fantasy, break records, and create gaming experience that leave a lasting impact. Get in touch with AppsFlyer for games today and unleash your game's true potential. AppsFlyer for games, supercharging the gaming landscape. Nice. That's really uh, helpful, by the way, um, to have that data come in and say, hey, actually, even though we want you to really build for our market, the best ROI positive is to just focus on Hindi. Are, are there resources or, you know, sometimes localization can be challenging and culturalization can also be very uh, time intensive and very nuanced. Um, where can people find sources or vendors or, um, you know, different, different resources for them to be able to, to meet your market needs? Um, I think the, the the bunch of articles that that you'll find on uh, from from Google Play itself, let's say on, on various uh, say there are medium articles that are out there. Uh, there'd be a few webinars that that you'd find from uh, from uh, folks in the industry that uh, that talk about this. Uh, there's not really one source mm. that you can get. The starting point would be to get. Uh, more of an annual calendar for India decided, uh, and and that's pretty easy to get, right? It's it's more about top festival, top sporting movements, top national holidays, uh, like you would do for any other geo. Uh, and I think post which uh, the localization element or what kind of uh, work that you can do within the game, I think that's that's where you'll require some kind of uh, understanding of that event, understanding of that uh, of 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 that. Uh, or the importance of it to for for India users, right? So yeah, I, I think the web is is possibly the best source for it. Uh, obviously, uh, whenever you have access to folks in Google, I think that that's something that we can also help out. Awesome. All right. So shifting to marketing because the marketer in me can't let you get out of here without um, probing you about some marketing best best practices. What are some go to market tips uh, that you can? help us with to reach the Indian market. And in, in my experience in the past, um, the Google Play team was just so immensely helpful in terms of merchandising, identifying um, even influencers. In some cases, you know, we actually partnered with Google Play to put influencers inside the app. And, and, and many of those were actually local. So I don't even know if that's available anymore. But maybe walk me through some of the the ways that you number one help in general is go to market. Number two, like things that you can do as Google Play to help different developers succeed. Now you want to take this one. Uh, I can start on this one, and I think Ash will then uh, later add on as well. Uh, so I think the 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 bunch of things that uh, that global gaming developers can look at when when they're looking at India as a market, right? I think number one is leveraging the promotional content that they're creating. Uh, and I think there are uh, opportunities for them to prioritize some of that content within the console itself. And then our store teams will will automatically pick that up and then, then ensure that it gets the right amount of visibility. Uh, again, when, uh, uh, when you have access to Google team members across the board, across not just in play, but even in other uh, verticals that uh, that uh, that you may be working with, uh, there are always opportunities for us to share across local uh, insights in terms of influencers, top content creators, uh, top agencies that you can partner with, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think all of those things that uh, 
that you'll you'll get access to with with not just play but even with other teams at at google um and and essentially i think what's uh, what's important for you to realize is that you cannot be taking your uh, uh say the approach that you want for launch in a geo directly and replicate it to to india right because you will have to find uh the 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 right let's say ip is the right cultural nuances the right uh, fitment for for the india market and which is where you 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 require these local uh, partnerships um ash you want to add more to this yeah for sure um so i think a couple other points to add on i think one is around video you know don't underestimate the role of video in india um you know the the assumption of youtube tiktok before it got banned uh, but youtube now is absolutely off the charts um and that is where a lot of people discover new games discover new trends um youtube influencers are major celebrities i mean i i know that that's true all over the world you you have folks like mr beast but um in the us but i i think on in india it takes on a whole different dimension um so you know i would definitely lean into that i think local partnerships vinay was talking about this you know with um there's e wallets which kind of you know links back to what we're talking about with upi so typically if you want to transact in upi you have to go through an e wallet mm-hmm. uh there's three or four really big ones um they actually know a decent amount about gaming they want to lean in they want to partner with folks and um and it's a great fit because they have sort of the the cream of consumers who are spending online already um so i think th- those are definitely two things to uh, keep in mind and then i think you know maybe the last one um is there's really no substitute for going there um you know it's it's great to have you know somebody share stuff over video conference and um uh, you know you can read articles but um when you actually touch down and you kind of ride the metro and you see people playing games on their phones and uh, talking about it like i think that's when it really sinks in that like wow there's there's something happening here there's a huge opportunity that that we can tap into and and how can we do it you know how how can we do it authentically for our game for our brand um not trying to copy anyone else um so you know that would probably be be my parting shot is like um if if you're interested get out there um experience it firsthand um that's that's you know no substitute for that i am i'm guilty of not having ever been to india and um and i actually was invited to go to the india gdc india games developers conference which is coming up november 2nd through the 4th i just i you know from la it's like 24 hours of travel to get there uh so just where i am i just i just couldn't do it although they were so lovely and kind to invite me out and they were so excited and it broke my heart to just say listen i just i'm so sorry i just can't do it but um a quick story of me doing this in latin america or in mexico city so um and this is actually a toy industry story but um you know, so we all know in, in the U.S. there's there's Christmas, the, the, the holiday season. I'm actually Jewish, but, you know, Hanukkah, Christmas, and that holiday season. So in Mexico, they have something called Three Kings Day, which happens um, a little bit kind of offset from Christmas. And the culture there 
is very unique in that the parents will go to the store and buy the absolute biggest toy possible, wrap it up, and that's what they give the child for Three Kings Day. And the um, the Mexico City team kept inviting us down, inviting us down. They finally made it and vet out of it. And they had um, our entire toy team down. They put us on buses because all the parents go at midnight after the kids asleep, kind of like Santa, but the same idea. And they go and buy the toy. And so you go around to each of the stores and you have the esquites, which is the street corn. And they made such an event and they were so warm and welcoming that it's just this moment, this cultural moment that I won't ever forget because I got to see someone else and how they really, you know, go after and celebrate this with their children. And it was so heartwarming and the teams were so welcoming. So I hear what you're saying and I absolutely kind of co-sign getting out there, especially if it's something you're going to invest in, you know, make the investment in the team and, and take the time to be able to do that. So uh, just trying to make myself feel better for saying no to the the lovely folks <laughs> at the IGDC. Are you guys going to be there actually? Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely going there. Uh, and yeah, there, there are a few other folks from Google who will also be joining in. So yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a great moment to meet uh, so many uh, Indian developers all in one place. Uh, it's one of the top events that we have in India. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And Maybe next year, Jen. Uh, maybe next year, for sure. I I will plan ahead for this one and, and try to get there in time. All right. Did we leave anything on the table? We covered a lot. Uh, wh any final parting uh, tips or anything that we might have missed? Uh, I think just this one thing that that maybe I'll I'll, I'll just end with, right? And uh, Ash touched upon it during uh, during one of the questions as well. Uh, there's this there's this notion to classify a bunch of emerging markets, uh, including India, as poor, right? Uh, and and again, I'm I'm not going to get into economics of it or 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 or, or even have a nationalistic uh, view on that, right? My only my only point to that is I think it's a it's a business error to classify India as a poor country uh, because there are like the different uh, India ones tools that that Ash mentioned. There are a bunch of folks who are ready to pay who are paying win games. It's happening right now. Uh, it's not a story that's going to happen a few years down the line. It's not something that uh, that's that's going to materialize later. It's happening right now. If you have not been able to capture it, maybe there's something else that you need to do, right? And maybe you need to look at what others are doing. Um, and yeah, maybe visit here once to see how how Indians are, are transacting, how Indians are uh, are making those digital payments. And that might help you make those business decisions faster. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's one. And, and lastly, the INR or Indian rupee 30 price point. I think that's the price point to go to for, for games in India. All right. So you have a free idea. If they want to start a, a 30 rupee store, like the 99 cent store model, this is a free idea. They can take that. No problem. All right, guys, this was Absolutely. this was so much fun. And again, thank you for reaching out to me. And, and I hope uh, this makes up for a lot of the stupid things that we say on the podcast to help educate the rest of us about, you know, why India is an awesome opportunity. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having us here. And uh, we're huge fans of the podcast. So uh, please continue doing the awesome work that you do. This has been a, a real pleasure. And um, you know, really appreciate you guys giving us the chance to get the word out. Take care, guys. 
you did it. You made it to the end of the episode. As a fan of the show, it would help us out if you subscribe and leave us a review on the podcast service of your choice. More importantly, are you a member of the Deconstructor of Fun Slack group? If you have five years or more of games industry experience, go to deconstructorofun.com slash slack and apply to join. Join the games industry's best professional community filled with peers always willing to lend a hand. Or subscribe to our newsletter to get all the latest insights from the Deconstructor of Fun content creators. Thanks for listening.